0: Welcome back to Soft October Night. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining us, I'm gonna read some poetry to you tonight. If it is not your first time, I am very thankful that you are willing to give me another shot. Tonight I'm going to try a little experiment. This is take two, so not exactly the experiment I had originally intended. That I am going to read some poetry that I haven't read before tonight, so please excuse my fumbles and um, my mispronunciation because I'm just reading this fresh, but I hope you can get yourself as comfortable as possible. I'm currently wrapped in a few blankets really stressing out about how well this will go, but we're going to go for some Lord Byron. I'm going to start with a longer poem, it's a little bit more silly, and then we'll go to a classic. So the first poem tonight is Dear Doctor, I have read your play. Dear Doctor, I have read your play, which is a good one in its way. Purchase the eyes and moves the bowels, and drenches handkerchiefs like towels, with tears that, in a flux of grief, avoid hysterical relief. I'll start that again. Dear Doctor, I have read your play, which is a good one in its way. Purchase the eyes and moves the bowels, and drenches handkerchiefs like towels, with tears that, in a flux of grief, afford hysterical relief. The shattered nerves and quickened pulses, which your catastrophe convulses. I like your moral and machinery. Your plot, too, has such scope for scenery. Your dialogue is apt and smart. The plays concoction full of art. Your hero raves, your heroine cries, all stabbed, and everybody dies. In short, your tragedy would be the very thing to hear and see and for a piece of publication, if I decline on this occasion. It is not that I am not sensible, to merits in themselves as sensible, but, and I grieve to speak it, plays are drugs, mere drugs, so nowadays. I had a heavy loss by Manuel, too lucky if it proved not annual, and Sothenberry, by his off, by his, mm -hmm, I can't do this one. And so the bye, Hullaby, with his damn ostracies, which, by the way, the old board best is, has lain so long on hand that I despair of all demands. I've advertised but see my books, or only watch my shopman's looks. Still Ivan, Ina, and such lumber. My back shop glut, my shelves encumber. There's Byron too. Who once did better has sent me, folded in a letter, a sort of it's no more a drama than Donnelly Ivan Okehama. So altered since last year, his pen is, I think he's lost his wits at Venice, or drained his brains away as stallion to some dark haired warm Italian. In short, sir, what with one t'other? To i dare not venture on another i write in haste excuse excuse each plunder the coaches through the street so thunder my room so full we've guffered here reading mss with hook, him fear pronouncing on the nouns and particles of some of our forthcoming articles the quarterly sir, if you had but the genius to review a smart critique upon st helena or if you only would but tell in a short compass what but to resume as i was saying so the room the room so full of wit and bards crabs campbells crookers fairs and wards and others neither bards nor wits my humble tenement admits all persons in the dress of gent from mr hammond to dog dent party dines with me today, all clever men who make their way. crab Malcolm, Hamilton, and Chantry are all partakers of my pantry. They're at this moment in discussion, on poor De Salte's late disillusion. Her book, they say, was in advance. Pray heaven she tell the truth of France. Tis said she certainly was married to Rukova, and had twice miscarried. No, not miscarried, I opine. But brought to bed at forty-nine. Some say she died at pabst, some are of opinion that's hum. I don't know that that fellow Siegel was very likely to beagle a dying person in compunction, to try the extremity of unction, but peace be with her for a woman. Her talents surely were uncommon, her publisher and public too. The hour of her demise may rue, for never more within his shop he pray was she not interred a copy. Thus run our time and tongues away, but to return, sir, to your play. Sorry, sir, but I cannot deal unless twere acted by O'Neill. My hands are full, my head so busy, I'm almost dead and always dizzy. And so, with endless truth and hurry, dear doctor, I am yours, John Murray. Now to tell you the truth, I really enjoy that one. It's quite fun, but as you can tell, I have a terrible, terrible time with it. A lot of pronunciation, and a lot of... It's just one long poem, so quite easy to trip over yourself. And I feel like I'm speeding as it goes along, so I do apologise, but it just does kind of make you fall into a rhythm. So how about... Maybe as a palette cleanser, we go a little bit more classic, and we do read, She Walks in Beauty. She walks in beauty like the night, of cloudless climes and starry skies, and all that's best of dark and bright, meet in her aspect and her eyes, thus mellowed to that tender light, which heaven to gaudy day denies. One shade the more, one ray the less, Had half impaired the nameless grace, Which waves in every raven dress, Or softly lightens o'er oh, her face, Where thoughts serenely sweet express, How pure, how dear, their dwelling place, And on that cheek, and o'er oh, that brow, So soft, so calm, yet eloquent, The smiles that win, the tints that glow, But tell of days, goodness spent, a mind at peace with all below. A heart whose love is innocent. Though to be honest with you, um, I don't believe Lord Byron would know a thing about an innocent heart. That might be a bit rude, but uh He did like a a little bit of a I don't know what that's meant to mean, but <laughs> he did get around the bit. Let's try another one. This one will be fresh and unread. We still have a bit of time so let's try And thou art dead as young and fair And thou art dead as young and fair as aught of mortal birth And form so soft and charms so rare Too soon return to earth So earth received them in her bed And oh the spot the crowd may tread In carelessness or mirth, there is an eye which could not brook a moment on that grave to look. I will not ask where thou liest low, nor gaze upon the spot. Their flowers or weeds will may grow, so I behold them not. It is enough for me to prove that what I loved and long must love. Like common earth can rot, to me there is no stone to tell is nothing that i loved so well yet did i love thee to the last as featherantly featherantly as thou who didst not change through all the past and canst not alter now the love where death has set his seal nor age can chill nor rise or steal nor falsehood disavow and what were worse thou canst canst not see or wrong or change or fault in me the better days of life were ours the worst can be but mine the sun that cheers the storm that lowers shall never more be thine the silence of that dreamless sleep i envy now too much to weep nor need i to repine that all those charms have passed away i might have watched thou long decay flower in ripened bloom unmatched must fall the earliest prey, though by no hand untimely snatched the leaves must drop away. And yet it were a greater grief to watch it withering leaf by leaf than to see it plucked today, since earthly eye but ill can bear to trace the change to foul from fair. I know not if I could have borne to see thy beauty fade. The night that followed such a morn had worn a deeper shade. Thy day without a cloud had passed, and thou wert lovely to the last. is extinguished, not decayed. The stars that shoot along the sky shine brightest as they fall from high. As once I wept, if I could weep, my tears might well be shed. To think I was not near to keep one vigil o'er thy bed. To gaze how fondly on thy face, to fold thee in a faint embrace, uphold thy drooping head, and show that love however vain nor thou nor I can feel again, yet how much less it were to gain, though thou hast left me free, the loveliest thing that still remain, than thus than thus remembered thee. The all of thine cannot die Through dark and dread eternity returns again to me And more thy buried love endures Than aught except its living years I did really like that one, it was quite pretty Say what you will, and I will say a lot about Lord Byron He does know how to write a beautiful poem we wouldn't still be talking about him if he didn't. Do we think three poems is enough for today? I think it might be. And I think, even though it did have some stumbles, I this test did show that maybe having a bit of a blind eye can make it a little bit more fun. I did enjoy doing more than one poem as well i think with some of these might be worth it okay oh okay i've i might have proved myself wrong i think i'm gonna do one more because i am a sucker for mythology and i just found prometheus so get ready for some very bad jobs but Gonna maybe close this out with Prometheus titan to whose immortal eyes the suffering of mortality seen in their sad reality were not as things that God despise what was thy pity's recompense a silent suffering and intense the rock the vulture and the chain all that the proud can feel of pain the agony they do not show, the suffering, the suffocating sense of woe which speaks but in its loneliness, and then is jealous lest the sky should have a listener nor will sigh until its voice is echoless. Titan, to thee the strife was given, between the suffering and the will, which torture, where they cannot kill and the inexplorable (laughs) heaven and the death tyranny of fate the ruling principle of hate which for its pleasure doth create the thing it may annihilate refused thee even the boon to die the wretched gift eternity was thine and thou hast borne it well all that the thunderer wrung from thee was but the menace which flung back on him the torments of thy rack, The fate thou didst so well foresee, But would not to appease him tell, And in thy silence was his sentence, And in his soul was a vain repentance, An evil dread so ill disassembled That in his hand the lightnings trembled. Thy godlike crime was to be kind, to render with thy precipice. Less the sum of human wretchedness and strengthen man with his own mind, but baffled as thou wert from high, still in thy patient energy, in the endurance and repulse of thine impenetrable spirit, which earth and heaven could not convulse, a mighty lesson we inherit. Thou art a symbol and a sign to mortals of their fate and force, like thee. Man is in part divine, a troubled stream from a pure source. A man in portions can foresee his funeral destiny, his wretchedness and his resistance, and his sad unallied existence, to which his spirit may oppose itself and equal to all woes, and a firm will and a deep sense, which even in torture can dig. De- Descry its own consent its recompense Triumphant where it dares defy and making death a victory. Okay I'm really glad that I did finish up with that one because I, I really enjoyed that. And I think for such a macabre person as Lord Byron he did make Prometheus' a story to be a bit hurtful. So that is where I'm going to leave you tonight with the kind of hopeful Prometheus story. Be well. Be kind to yourself. And try and stay comfortable. <laughs> I don't want to leave you with a message that feels too daunting. The idea of just trying to make yourself comfortable, but I think that was a little weak. Stay soft. Good night.